Okay, welcome back to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. What, Steph? You, it's been so long since she you've been on the podcast. You don't you don't know the routine. We I we got to keep going. We're plowing through. Okay, sorry. Okay, so I guess you'll all know Steph is here now. <laughs> so we are back. It is we're on our summer schedule, which means we don't have one. Uh, we just kind of come in and, and talk whenever we have a, a critical mass whenever of people, we and we like run it. into somebody interesting to talk to. And we did that today. I got to go to a meeting not too long ago, and I met somebody new. Got who, to go to a meeting. I got to go to a meeting. It was a good meeting. It was like, oh man, I get to go to a meeting today. <laughs> um, Travis Stoliker is our guest. He is a a serial entrepreneur. Don't ask me to spell it, but that's what he is. <laughs> Um, and he is the, uh, he f- was one of the founders of liquid web, um, a, a web posting company in town, but probably most people know him as the co-founder of Saddleback barbecue and slice by Saddleback, the pizza joint, which we don't, we didn't get to ask him. We about didn't the even pizza. talk we about the pizza. About the pizza place. or the banh mi. What? He was helping the, oh, the well, lady at cell phone barbecue. Next time we have him here, you could ask him a question. <laughs> I don't like sitting in the back corner. It's awkward. Uh, anyway, we're a little rusty, as you might be able to tell. Find out what questions we did ask Travis right now on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. It's true, though. Yikes. <laughs> don't yikes me. It was, a, it was just a, a thing that I said. <laughs> <laughs> that I regret on a podcast that was recorded <laughs> that everybody can that was hear. sent out to thousands of people. Oh. Really, thousands? Oh, six. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his desk. It's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. I mean, it's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it. But it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your say that? <laughs> Okay, we are back. This is good. Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies team. Everyone's confused, which is good. I feel like only Carly is truly alive today. Yeah. She's Someone needs energy. to bring energy. BYOE. Bring your own energy. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I got enough for the whole team, apparently. That's right. Anyway, this is Matt, Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies team. Uh, you were listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. We bring you this podcast whenever we can get some warm bodies in the room and have someone <laughs> to talk to. And we've done that today. So we are back. So before I go introduce more about the company, who do we have in the room? Carly, we'll start with the energy right there. Carly Buell. Laura Buell. Anna Heaton. Stephanie Vancouvering. Joe Bashy. Can we take a moment? Stephanie, could you take, tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, it's been, <laughs> our listeners might not know who Stephanie Vancouver is. Oh, they know me. Oh, they <laughs> anyway. It's a special day when Stephanie joins us. It, it is. is. It's a very special day. We're missing poor Nick and Nikki, but we'll power through. Uh, again, this is the Rest Strategies team. We bring this podcast uh, on an occasional basis. You can find all of our episodes at reststrategies.com, um, also on all the social media platforms. Although we're not on threads yet, right? Is the podcast on threads? We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're not on Spotify, threads. but not threads. No, maybe one day. One, a shout out to Carly, because I called her on vacation and asked her to do a quick blog about the threads exploding. Uh-huh. And she put together, and I encourage everyone to go to the reststrategies.com blog and read all about threads. But you know, I, what I found over the weekend, and Joe will laugh because he thinks I'm obsessed with this topic. <laughs> I have comments when you're done, but go ahead. Okay. So you know what I found about this? What? It's like after the third day. No one used no it? No one used yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Stupid. Well, you know, even even Zuckerberg, even the Zuck, didn't stop using. Like he posted once on the day <laughs> that said, "Hey, everybody, come join Threads or whatever." He said, and that was the only post he ever posted. Yeah, I'm. So what's you? Come on, what gives, Carl? You said this was going to be the thing. No, I didn't. <laughs> Did I you said, read her blog? I said That's not what she wrote. Only time will tell. Yeah, okay. He and only read the headline. He didn't actually read it. <laughs> yeah, and. It was clickbait. For was me, click. <laughs> I'm a late adopter to like almost everything. So a late adopter, or early adopter. Late. Okay. Like I want to see 
She wants to make else. sure first. Yeah. Make sure it's worth her time. Well, yeah. the chart I saw had a big little bloop up and then a bloop. It was just <laughs> up and it's crash. like truth social. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Joe, what are your thoughts? That on was all I was going to say is that no one's going to use it. It's not a thing. It's never going to be a thing. Twitter and it's all dead. If it no dies, that will be hilarious. I will find that to be just so funny. But we were on top of it, and we, we were part of the died, conversation. We were on top of it for those we twenty-four the, hours. We were that on it, was it when thing. it was a thing. For those twenty-four yeah. hours, we Zach Gorchow reposted. And I know. I saw that. I was like, "Wow, I'm famous." And Steve Jappinga. Well. But that means less. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Steve. you bother her in Scotland to do this? No, 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 no I was no. back in America. Oh, okay. I was like, wow. It was the week of the 4th of July. Oh, yeah. okay. Cracking the whip. I, I was working because okay. I was like catching up from... So it wasn't that It's big like, of a who deal. can I call to ask to do this? Let's see. Carly's been in Scotland forever. I'll call her. She's back. <laughs> he calls me. He's like, I thought about calling Nikki, but <laughs> I knew I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no problem. I can do it. That's what you get for having always being the positive person. Like, just, just call Carly. She'll be nice. I she know. won't yell at me. Yeah. That's what I get. Okay. Cool. The year the opposite. I'm starting now, and I'm not going to be nice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, our listeners have no idea what you're talking about because we haven't heard about oh, yeah, it yet. Sorry. But Teaser. we will here in a second. Our guest is Travis Stoliker. He is... Our guest, um, a little, I'll pull this in front of me and read a little bit. He is the co-owner of Saddleback Barbecue uh, and uh, has started a lot of businesses. He started Liquid Web with some friends, which was a website hosting company in the well, like 2005, I think is when he said he started it. Grew it into a big thing, sold it for a big thing, um, and now is doing other projects. Um, but one of, the, one of those projects is called The Year of the Opposite. It's a writing project that he, that he took on to changes life and he has and he's with us today to talk about it so travis stoliker so travis stoliker welcome to the cold oatmeal you you nailed the last name too i did (laughs) i didn't even have to practice it you told me once and i remembered it we'll see if i know by the end of the episode i get it right by the end (laughs) anyway no it's good it's it's kind of our we're kind of on our summer schedule we kind of podcast when we when we want to and we find someone interesting to talk to and you and I were at a, at a meeting not too long ago, and I'm like, oh, wait, so that's the guy. That's one of the guys who does Saddleback. And that's I wanted the to, guy. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to get somebody on to talk about that for a while, but you've got other stuff going on, too, so I appreciate you coming by the, the podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so I you've, I was going through your LinkedIn page the other night, just looking through a, the stuff you've done. You've done a lot of stuff. And a lot of very different stuff, including the project you're working on right now, which I know we want to talk about a little bit later. I'm curious, how do you introduce yourself to someone you've not met? Because you're <laughs> you're an, an investor, an entrepreneur, you, a web web guy, marketing guy. Now you're a writer. You, how do you and like if you had to quickly introduce yourself? How do you do that? I, I guess it's like when the government asks on the forum, I just say entrepreneur. Or, <laughs> <laughs> Businessman. See, I would. I, I'm. I'm, truck, I'm. I could say. I guess I, I started one business, but I always have a hard time spelling that. So I would need to come up with a. <laughs> entrepreneur is one of those words I never. Same. I could never get. Same. Yeah, I'm terrible at spelling. It, it's a weakness. Yeah. So I mean, so walk me through. Like you, you started at. You know, you're a Lansing guy. Grew up in Holt, right? Holt High School. Yep. Yeah. Um. And so, and I think you've. Your your name is now kind of synonymous with two major organizations, companies, businesses in the community that I think most people have heard of, Liquid Web and, and Saddleback, but maybe don't know you. So like, walk us through quick. What's the Travis story? Oh, I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, so I've always been interested in business. When I was, uh, I think, 12 years old, I started a roller skate, roller hockey league in my neighborhood, had dues and everything, and it was my first little <laughs> business. Uh and then had a paper route, and it, back in Holt, I grew up next door to Matthew Hill that ended okay. up founding Liquid Web. Um, so we actually go back, our families were best friends since we were like two years old. Um, we literally were next door to each other across corners. So Matt and I had known each other for a long time. Um, I got into um, playing music. I was in really bad punk rock bands in high school. <laughs> Terrible. I would look at you right now and think that guy was in a punk rock band. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. That's what everybody says. Um, and uh, oh, and, um, one of my other businesses was me and two friends convinced our uh, friend's family to 
let us take this old barn in their backyard and convert it into a music venue, a concert venue um, that ended up getting shut down by the zoning board <laughs> and, <laughs> in Holt. Uh, thanks, Rick Royston. Uh, boy, I should probably bleep that. Um, but <laughs> but um, yeah, so I went to school at LCC. Um, I believe the guidance counselors, you should go and do what you love. So I got a degree in audio and video recording, media technology, I think is what it was called. I graduated from there and was doing audio board operating. So I know what you're doing here, <laughs> maybe. And then I worked at WILX. Okay. I did the audio board, floor directing, um, production assistant, ended up moving to master control. I think I was the youngest UAW union steward at the time. And we we picketed for $6.96 an hour was what we ended up getting. Um, so knew I needed to do something else. Ended up getting into TV advertising. Um, worked at Big George's Home Appliance Mart to, to learn sales for a little while. Um, then somehow stumbled into this place called TechSmith. When I interviewed there, I literally didn't know if I was applying to be a janitor or a salesperson. Um, I was just doing everything I could. Um, and actually, I missed a part. When I was selling TV ads, they approached me about starting my own company to do the video in commercial production there. So I pleaded with my parents to get a $10,000 loan to start up my first business, bought this computer and this uh, camera and ended up the day that I signed the contract, like a day later, they got bought out by Comcast. So oh lost, lost my job, lost the only contract for the business, had no clients and was just doing everything I could to not go bankrupt. I was installing cable and cleaning toilets and doing anything I could to make money and ended up stumbling into this amazing place called TechSmith, did a stint there doing software, mm -hmm. ended up doing a partnership with Liquid Web when I was there. Okay. And that's when I kind of reunited with Matt Hill because we hadn't seen each other in a, in a few years. And at that time, he was moving his servers from the east coast of the country um, and actually starting the first data centers here in Lansing. And he had just hired my close friend, Chris Strand, and he asked me to come on and really start growing and scaling the company. At that point, it really was just him and customer service people. So what is what does Liquid Web do? Liquid Web is uh, the other side of the internet, is what Matt used to always say. So any website that you go to, it's hosted on a server that's in a data center somewhere. And we hosted, at the end, like three to five million websites, uh, depending on how you counted them. We were... Um, basically just a bunch of servers that we managed. We had a bunch of staff that would go and fix everything on them. And we hosted websites, everything from um, Death Road Records uh, website for a while to um, blingy.com to all these different websites, some GM stuff, all sorts of stuff. So what is the, you, you're the marketing, that was one of your titles. I'm curious, how do you go and, and sell that? Like, what do you, as a web hosting company, how do you say we're better, we're a better web hosting company than this web hosting company? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. That was the first thing that I had to do. So I went, the first thing I did was surveyed all of the employees and asked, why do people buy from you when they can literally get this same thing for free? And people kept coming back and saying, well, we have better customer support. So at the time, the kind of the standard in web hosting was if you wrote an email to your web host and they got back to you in two days, like that was amazing. And we actually had people that would answer the phone and we would respond to emails within 24 hours. So we took the initiative, um, me and Jer Hill and Matt and uh, Greg and Chris, we branded heroic support. And so I believe that you can only own one concept if you're lucky in a customer's mind. So we put everything around heroic support and then we kept delivering on that promise. So at the end, we even got to the point where um, if you gave us a call and we didn't answer in 59 seconds, we'd start paying you back money. Um, we just kept fulfilling the promise of we have better support than anybody else in the industry. Okay. And that's what allowed us to grow uh really really fast i mean it, it was insane when i started it was like 20 employees i think around a million in revenue um in by the time we sold like 10 years later it was 80 million in annual recurring revenue and we had 480 employees and three data centers in lansing one in amsterdam one in scottsdale an office in ann arbor and just it was pretty big and then we sold to private equity in 2015. okay so i was i'm 
dying to know. So you you had I won't say the number. If you want to say the number, you can say the number. But so you sold you sold Liquid Web in, in 2015. 224 million. Okay, we can you, only say you that said because we got sued and they put the number in there. They held us okay. all to a confidentiality agreement. But as soon as we came public, um, so yeah. So you, what is the first thing you and your buddies did? Your co when you walked out of that room after signing that deal for $224 million. Just went like... to the university club with my friend <laughs> Joe Mays, Chris Strand, my wife now, and um, hung out by the pool. Okay. The same thing we had done before. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do really anything different. The only thing that I ever wanted in life was my parents were living the Michigan dream. They had a motor home and family had a cottage up on Peach Lake in West Branch. So going to a lake, living by a lake was all I ever wanted. So bought a house on Lake Lansing and um, and then later got the Tesla. But really, uh, the, the as, as everybody will tell you, you know, once at a certain point, like money really doesn't change your life all that much. You know, they've done these amazing studies where they look at people that win the lottery. Mm -hmm. And basically, after a year, whether you lose all your money and after a year or you make a huge amount of money. After a year, everybody pretty much goes back to the same happiness. Like if you're a naturally happy person and you appreciate life, you're going to be pretty happy. Money really doesn't change that. Now, of course, admittedly, it's totally um, uh, strange for me to say that as somebody with means. So I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, everybody can say, man, he's an idiot for saying that. <laughs> yeah. But that, that allowed you to kind of get into this next phase, which is investing in stuff yeah. and, and Saddleback, right? Yeah, that's right. So it actually happened before. The, the broker that we used to sell Liquid Web said that it was going to be two months to sell. And it ended up being like, uh, I think, six to eight months. It was a lot longer process. And um, I was under a confidentiality and we didn't want it to get out. So literally my wife and my dad knew about it. And it was a difficult time because we were running the company and then at moonlighting or during the day selling it at university club with code names and, um, and it was tough. So I knew that I was going to be done because uh, I knew I wasn't going to work with the company that had purchased it. Um, and uh, we were engaged to be married. We were at an event called the Launch Celebration of Entrepreneurship that was put on here locally by Nick Chalenko and Jason Myers. And Matt Gillette was at Dusty's at the time and had gotten a smoker. And he was doing the food okay. and he, uh, he did an amazing job. And my, my fiance at the time came up and said, why don't we use Matt to do our wedding? And we ended up going out to Dublin Square where, where you do these kind of things. And he said, yeah, you know, I'd really like to start this thing. And I'd gotten into a habit at that time of, well, if you're really serious about this, send me a business plan. And Matt did like mm -hmm. the next day. And I think it was like six weeks or eight weeks later, we had the first restaurant open. And at that time, as many people know, I had three rules of investing, no bars, no restaurants, and nothing you don't understand. <laughs> Knocked out all three on the first one. <laughs> and uh, People also, understand barbecue, though. Yeah. Or you mean you don't, I, understand, you don't understand food. I, I know nothing <laughs> about food. Even to this day, it's, it's, I don't know much. <laughs> uh, so it, it, that's all Matt Gillett. And I just try to help. As much as I can. And when was that? When did when did Saddleback? June 2015. Okay. Um, so we actually opened before we sold Liquid Web, and people were super confused. Like, why is he starting a restaurant if he's got this other thing going on? Um, and then a few weeks later, we made the announcement that we had sold Liquid Web. Cool. So talk about going into a business that you don't know anything about. Did you just say, okay, Matt, you just take care of it? Or, I mean, it doesn't sound like you're the kind of guy that, <laughs> that would do that, but like, yeah. how does that work? Uh, it, it was similar to that. I, I told Matt from the beginning, like, these are very difficult businesses. You're going into Rio Town, which if anybody remembers Rio Town at that time, there wasn't mm -hmm. much there. You know, we've been fortunate Artisan and Blue Owl and, and um, a lot of those places have moved in since. But at the time, it was a very challenged area. Uh, I, I mean, I thought it was bad. I, I told Matt that I was giving him this money and if the, if it came back to me, that'd be amazing. But I did not expect that we'd be eight years into it being profitable every year. Um, that was and having two years of COVID in there too. Didn't expect any of this. Um, but yeah, I, I basically 
if I have a skill in this world, which that's debatable, I think it's scaling businesses and marketing. So I just tried to tell Matt's story. It, it was really just me. And I feel like I did that with both my Matt's, Matt Hill and Jillet. Mm-hmm. Um, I just tried to say what they say naturally because they're the experts and try to communicate that to the world and try to encapsulate it and translate it for the way other people can understand it. Um, because any people that are as smart as Matt Hill and Matt Gillett are, um, sometimes it's hard for people that are not as talented in those areas to understand what they're talking about. And I try to communicate it for them and translate it, which I think is what you guys do. Really? <laughs> it is. Yeah. We try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know Laura had some questions about. I did. You're a fan. So, I mean, I am a fan. I mean, the food is delicious, but, oh, thank you know. You. I, I know that's all you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. That's me. Um, but I would say beyond that, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a Lansing kid since college, and Saddleback is just everywhere in the community. It, it's it's not typical that you see a business that chooses to get so involved in other things. So between the paying off the school lunch debt and you know helping the other businesses who had you know break-ins and other things like that, Thank like you. I feel like you guys have created this community you know among restaurants that didn't really exist before can you kind of talk about that yeah so it it, it's odd i i think one of the things that troubles me about people is that sometimes i get concerned that they can't change and i've always been concerned about that with myself so i really actively try to push myself to change i used to be completely against charity I, i think one of my facebook profile uh like the caption or the about was like uh charity degrades and that really I, I'm a I'm a staunch capitalist and I believe that capitalism is the greatest thing that we've ever done in humanity even though it has many flaws to lift more people out of poverty than any system that we've ever created in the history of the, the world and hopefully there's a better one but so far this is the greatest so this is this was all brand new for me and how it all started was uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, when it was so uncertain what was going to happen, they uh, uh, there was the choice to close the schools. And one of the um, good newspapers wrote an article, and it said something like 800,000 to 900,000 kids just in Michigan rely on the free and reduced lunch program in Michigan. And it, it blew me away. It's like, we only have 10 million people. So it's mm-hmm. like, that, that was a staggering number that relied on that. And then it was like, well, what are they going to do now that the schools are closed? Where are they going to get those? Where are the kids going to get those meals? So as I do, I'm having this, uh, you know, kind of whimsical conversation with Matt. Like, and he just says, well, why don't we feed them? And that's literally how it started. So we made a silly post saying, hey, I know, it, you know, people are struggling right now. If anybody has a kid, you can bring them in. And if you bring them in, We'll feed a kid for free. We posted that. And then amazingly, our Facebook fans were like, well, how can I help with that? So then we kind of brainstorm, well, what if we match it? So if you give us five bucks, uh, we'll feed a kid. And then uh, with that money, and then we'll also step up and we'll feed a kid. And that's how it all started. Then we had like two, 2,000 something donations ended up coming in. Um, not the number, like that was the number of kids that we needed to feed. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden it was like, I I don't know 2000 kids. I have no idea how to give these meals out. So then my mother-in-law, Dawn Blakesley referred me to Trinity church. We ended up getting tapped into them. And then it ended up being this thing where like every two or three months we were giving away 200, 400, 500 meals where it got to the point where we were coming into some communities, the Trinity Church people who are delivering them, were coming into these communities and kids are running out of the apartment complexes, <laughs> like all excited. And it was amazing. It was one of the coolest things that I've ever been a part of. Um, one of the, the most meaningful thing that I've ever done with Saddleback, for sure. And then that just led to, well, what can we do next? What can we do next? And it, admittedly, there was, we were all just like looking out for our neighbors, like what is going to happen here? Mm-hmm. Like how, all these businesses are closed. Downtown is a desert right now. These people have to still, these business owners still have to pay their, their rent. Uh, and so we just tried to help as much as we could. And then one thing led to the next and none of it was premeditated. So you brought up the other one just to give that story um, of the paying off the student lunch debt. I woke up 
turned on the news. It was like a Sunday morning and a barbecue place in the Flint area had paid off student lunch debt. And I said, what the hell is student lunch debt? I'd never heard of it at all. And so I reached out to two teacher friends, one in Holt um, and actually both in Holt. And they said, yeah, that's when a kid can't pay and we don't have them go without a meal, but it goes on their balance and we hold that up. And then sometimes at the end of the year, some families can't pay it. And this debt kind of accumulates over time. And I'm like, I had no idea that that even existed. And I reached out to Holt. I'm like, I'd like to pay it off. And they're like, well, we don't actually have any, but Mason does. Uh, sent a message to the principal at Mason. They got back to me and said, hey, it's like 1500 bucks." And I, I was literally personally just going to go and head out there and write the check. Reached out to Matt Gillett, the founder of uh, Saddleback. And he went to Mason and he said, no, let's, let's do that through Saddleback. I want to be involved too. And so we went out there. And again, the teachers, like this is still kind of during COVID too. It was like getting a little better. The teachers come out of the rooms like when I'm coming in, I'm just dropping off a check. That was all I thought I was doing. And they wanted to take a picture and they <laughs> they gave me a Mason Bulldog mask and they took a picture of it. And, and then that kind of went viral. And then that led to, OK, I'll tell the bad part of that. <laughs> it led to people saying, oh, they're they're exploiting a situation. Oh, they didn't do enough. All of this stuff. And so then we're like, well, this is silly. Like, that's ridiculous. And. One of the, the conflicts in this stuff is there is a, a, an understandable view that you shouldn't talk about your giving, that it is boastful or braggadocious or you're only doing it for that. You know, mm -hmm. it's just marketing because we see so much of it. You know, we, we see so many companies that just attach their name to something and they're not really making a meaningful impact. You know, they, they literally do a hundred billion in sales, but this you know, million dollars that they give over here is what we're supposed to care about. And that's all they advertise. So I completely get it. People thought that it was gross for us to talk about it, but we did it. And we were open about why we did that. We did it because we wanted to inspire others that first the student lunch that existed that I didn't even know about mm -hmm. and that they can do these things, that they can have a meaningful impact with a small business. And yes, if it ends up that customers support them because of that isn't that what we all want because we have this paradox right now where people say i only want to support businesses that do well by the community i only want to support small businesses that actually help and give back but paradoxically i also don't want you to talk about it <laughs> well that does that those but. two things can't coexist like well how do you know if the business is doing it then you can't support them if they don't talk about it um, so because of that, we ended up saying like, look, this is how you can do it. And I surveyed all of the school districts in the area and said like, Hey, this is how much they have. And then Spear Electric, uh, stepped up, uh, David Hunt stepped up that owns big boy restaurants and then tons of other businesses all stepped up. We ended up paying off like eight school districts in the area, That's student awesome. lunch debt. And it, so it, it, again, it was just like one thing after the next, we never expected to do any of this. It was just, it, the snowball just kept rolling. And then people kept coming out of the woodwork saying, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? And they're all great ideas. You've always been, as a, as a Saddleback company, you and Matt, and I don't know if it's you or if it's Matt <clears throat> or a combination of both of you, <clears throat> excuse me, very open and transparent on social, using social media Appreciate to that. talk about the reasons why you do X, Y, and Z. And I, sometimes <clears throat> it gets a lot of very good feedback and sometimes you get negative pushback. I'm curious, <clears throat> is that... Did you go into that intentionally? Like we are going to be transparent like this on an intentional basis, or is it just who the two of you are and it was just natural? Yeah, I, I think it's it, not that Matt's not transparent, but I think Matt gets a little bit more uncomfortable with it. And, but for me, it's super important. It's been that way back to Liquid Web and back back to my childhood. Like um, being transparent and open and really. I'm in, in as anybody, especially my wife that knows me will say I'm skeptical. So anytime somebody says, oh, I'm doing this, eh, really, are you, <laughs> you know, let me see what you actually did. Mm -hmm. So I expect people to be just as skeptical of us when we say we're going to do something. 
we actually show the exact check amount. We say exactly where it went, what school district, who we talked to. And we think that's incredibly important because it builds trust with people that we're actually using their money uh, appropriately. And that's super important to me. So when I asked, when I emailed you a couple of weeks ago about this, um, I didn't even know about this other project you were working on. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Saddleback stuff, but you came back and said, that's fine, that's all good, but I'm working on this project called the, the Year of Opposite. And I'd really love to talk about that. I, I know Steph has some questions yeah. about that, but what, yeah. what is the Year of Opposite? So I had, in February of 2022, my one of my best friends from college, uh, Joe St. Clair, uh, died um, from com- complications with alcohol abuse. And um, it was the first person that died unexpectedly in my life. You know, I'd had grandparents and stuff, but it was, you know, they had a long, good life and I was able to cope with that a bit better. And I didn't cope with Joe's death very well. The other thing, it was during COVID, we couldn't see him. The hospitals are closed. So that kind of added to it. But I really think it was just, it was my first experience with grief. Um, and then, uh, Five months later, Matthew Hill, my best friend growing up from the founder of Liquid Web, he died of a heart attack uh, in his L.A. house. And that hit me really hard. <clears throat> and then 10 days after that, Tyler Blakesley, who is an, was an incredible teacher um, in the Lansing School District, was my wife's cousin, the officiant in our wedding, a friend of mine and somebody that I had. I had loved his bands before I was even a part of the family um, and before I knew him. So I had these three deaths and I got hit with depression for the first time in my life. And I kept waking up sad and I, it was very unlike me. And I was really burdening my wife with like, why aren't you able to help me with this? And it was just doing, it was the definition of insanity. I was just doing the same thing over and over again. So I came across that speech by the general that's the just wake up and make your bed. And I just started doing that. Like, well, I had always been uh, not a morning person, like sleeping pretty late. So I just decided, nope, I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to make my bed. Uh, then that led into a bunch of other things. I'm going to I gave up drinking. I started working out a lot. I ended up losing a bunch of weight. And then I'm a big fan of Seinfeld. And there's George Costanza has his if his epiphany that everything he's doing in life is wrong. So he does the opposite (laughs) and everything ends up working out better. So I'm like, well, I'll try that. Uh, George, you know, that woman just looked at you. So what? What am I supposed to do? Go talk to her. Elaine. Bald men with no jobs and no money who live with their parents don't approach strange women. Well, here's your chance to try the opposite. Instead of tuna salad and being intimidated by women, chicken salad and going right up to them. Yeah, I should do the opposite. I should. If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. Yes, I will do the opposite. I used to sit here and do nothing and regret it for the rest of the day. So now I will do the opposite and I will do something. So then it just led to I've never golfed. I went golfing. You know, I went. That's where I would lose you because I would maybe I should just stop doing that. That should be my lesson. <laughs> I, I should just stop golfing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're the opposite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then it just led into all of these other things. And. At the conclusion of my year of the opposite, I had to make a decision. Was I going to go back to the old ways um, or not? And I decided, no, that I'm just going to keep challenging myself, hopefully every year, and change that challenge. So now I've challenged myself to write and publish every single week. And so I publish uh, Year of the Opposite on Substack. I have a little podcast that's not really a podcast. It's really just my writing in a podcast. And that's what the year of the opposite is. It's just doing the opposite of what I had done all my life and push myself, challenge myself to change. Was there anything at the end of the year that you thought, oh, yeah, I'm going back to do that again? I've, <laughs> I've really missed this for the last year and I can't wait to do it. I can't wait to bring this back. Or was it was it all just so habit forming that by the time you got done, it was like, this is who I am now? I don't think there was anything that I like went back to. Um I mean, a bunch of things didn't change, right? Like, I love reading. I didn't Mm. stop reading. Uh, So it wasn't like every single thing changed. You know, I I didn't, you know, stop 
wearing clothes or like, like it's like I didn't change everything. But so it's really just the things that were part of kind of my kind of my identity at the time. I really changed. And no, I didn't go back to any of them, really. I have like tried drinking. So like we were in Nashville, so I, I drank there and um, it was a blast. But like just no, I don't think I'm going to go back to yeah. the casual drinks anymore. So how often did it take for these things to become habits? Like how often did you want to revert and say, I really feel like sleeping in today? Um, I, so there are times that I do that and uh, I track everything now. So I, I use the way of life app. So every I track myself on like 30 different metrics, uh, waking up how I am as a father. Um, if I drank, if I ate well, if I exercised, I, I, every night I do that and I journal every night. So there are things that, um, that I fail on sometimes. Um, and I track that. Uh, so for instance, I was always awful at flossing. So every six months I'd get scolded <laughs> and now I floss 51% of the time. So <laughs> that's a win. Yeah. Yeah, it's like every other day. That's way better than I would ever expect it. And I think this six-month period, I'll do even better. I think I'm hitting 100%. Does but, your dentist actually notice? Oh, man. That's a great I love question. That question. <laughs> yeah. So I think, well, I don't want to give it away because dentists might hear this. But yeah, I, I'm not sure about that because they also gave me this mouth guard because they think that I grind my teeth when I sleep. But I don't think I do that. Mm-hmm. But every time they ask me, did you wear your mouth guard at the beginning of it? Uh-huh. So this time I'm not going to tell them. Right. Say you figure it out. <laughs> you tell me. You did tell I? Me, did I? And then I'll be Doctor. able to say, "Hey, here it is." No, actually, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Um, I don't know because I'm a horrible flosser, but I've never, you know, tried to be good. And they always ask, like, "Have you been good with your flossing?" I'm like, "No, I haven't." Like, yeah. I'm, I'm honest, but I feel like they'd probably just be picking at my teeth the same amount, no matter I what. I mean, I'm right? pretty. Sh- my mom's a hygienist. I'm pretty sure they can tell because. If you, you don't floss, you bleed like crazy when they floss you. Yeah. Are they, does it cut down on the picking? Oh, no. Okay. That's different. <laughs> so I should just not floss. That's no, I, I mean, it, your gums. You heard it here first from a hygienist daughter. You don't <laughs> I mean, my, mom, my mom would be horrified. But yeah, I'm a terrible flosser, too. Like, yeah. No, they always ask me, like, do you want the actual floss or do you want those little handle things? I'm like. It doesn't matter. Just, <laughs> just stick it in my bag. And I have a pile of 800 of whatever you gave me last right, time. Yeah. Just sitting in my drawer. Right. Well, the bags just accumulate. They don't yep. get touched. Dyke used to always get, my husband used to get the, um, they call them, I love to say this, interdental wood stick. What? Yeah, they're like little, like triangular toothpicky things, and you use those instead of floss. And I don't actually use them, but I like to say intradental wood stick. Yeah, that sounds like very fancy. Yeah. Never heard of that. My dad carries those with him. They come in that little pack and they yeah. break off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad carries those with him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> He's always got them in his everywhere. Oh, that's funny. Um, oh, but Sorry uh, to side on track. The building yeah. the habit, um, I love the book Atomic Habit. And mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. talks about building habits. Um, there are a bunch of different concepts that I'm sure I'm going to mess up, but like habit stacking is one of them. So if you have a habit that you do, so for mine, it was like, I brush my teeth. Well, now I'm going to stack the habit of flossing right after that. And so I stack that habit on the making the bed. So I do it in that order. And then, so it's, you get these things, then making it easy and repeatable so like actually having the floss out so you can see it so it's ready to go so it reminds you where there are these triggers the atomic habit is a great book for forming habits hmm. i highly re- recommend that book what has the feed- feedback been to the year of opposite did people think what are you doing man or were they like that's cool from the beginning or did it take some time or what what's what have your friends and family all thought uh it it's been the result has been overwhelmingly positive you know i i lost 62 pounds from my peak i was very unhealthy i was on multiple medications i had high blood pressure high triglycerides high cholesterol uh every once in a while i had to have a ro- rosacea this isn't rosacea this is just sunburn <laughs> uh, and uh I, I think and I was able to clear all that up and everybody loved that. So now I'm not on any pills and that's because the doctor said I could not just because I went off them. Um, I will say there was some people that were really worried. I mean, they thought that I was going through, they thought that I was losing my mind. I think some people mm-hmm. like you're changing everything. Like I, I started running barefoot. I did seven mile barefoot run 
And people were really concerned about that. They thought I was going to hurt myself. Um, I was pushing myself. Did you not hurt yourself? I didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good for you. Yeah, well, it's well, just it's before good for or after you, you right. lost the sixty-two pounds because that would that would hurt my that, feet. This this was how I got to love running. Uh, so I wanted to. Well, this was another one. It's that like people, if didn't I run like. a little bit, I'll be able to put, wear shoes next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but, yeah, we should talk about this. Um, but I wanted to swim across the lake. We live on Lake Lansing, and Matt Gillett used to live directly across from us. And it's uh, just under a mile across, I think like 0.8, so quite a bit under a mile, I guess. And so I swam across it. That that concerned people too. Like I, <laughs> I just I just did it. I never trained. I didn't do anything. Concerned the neighbor too that ran out and screaming at me like, "What are you doing? Are you okay?" And um, but I was okay. And I ended up. This was a couple of days after Matt Hill died, and I got up on Matt Gillett's porch, my other Matt. And I knew I was about to cry and I was waiting for him and I was really uh, depressed over Matt Hill. And uh, I thought back to when Matt Hill, when we used to play hockey in the streets growing up, Matt would never wear shoes and his feet were just like rocks. And I didn't want Matt Gillett's kids to see me cry. And I just took off running barefoot and ran the two miles home. And that's kind of how it started. And that's what that's where my love of running grew out of. That was the first time that I had run that far. Hmm. So are, do you have any thoughts about, I mean, my first thought when I saw your Substack and looked at all of that was that's all sitting there waiting to be monetized. Are you going to write a book? Are you going to um, maybe put together a toolkit so somebody else can follow in your steps? Oh, uh, the book's a great idea. I, um, I hadn't really thought that far ahead. I did. Um, because I, again, I'm a heartless capitalist. Like I did offer the paid subscriptions, but it was more, and, and I was clear about this. Uh, it was more, if you want me to keep doing this, like this is, this will make me keep doing it. Cause now I'll have your $8 and think, well, <laughs> you paid me for this. So now I have to do this. <laughs> and you know, 25 people or something, um, which, you know, my mom is one of them. So it's not, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, and, and she's been incredibly uh, gracious with her support of everything that I've tried as, um, you know, parents do, but I have monetized it, I guess, but it's, you know, it doesn't compare to the amount that I spend on it, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll mm -hmm. see. I, I hope, I hope that I keep doing this because it's been, a, it's been a huge challenge. I mean, doing this is, it's a big challenge mm -hmm. Then the production and promoting it and all that stuff. It's a big challenge. So yeah, I hope I keep doing it. Yeah. Did anybody say, you know what, Travis? You're this isn't the this isn't the guy I was buddies with in high school. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I, honestly, I haven't talked about this with anybody, but um, yeah, I think I think that has happened. Yeah, I think, um, and it's been tough. It it was kind of a. I don't see some people that before this I used to see, you know, several times a week, and I think. Uh, I think especially um, not drinking it makes some people uncomfortable, mm -hmm. even though I have no problem being around people that are drinking. I, I enjoy it. Like, um, I do think that that made people uncomfortable. And I do think that there were some people that thought that this was too much and this wasn't the guy that I signed up for. And um, yeah, I think I think I probably have friendships that are now more acquaintances than than they were before. Hmm. And on on the other hand, I've built, I think, much stronger relationships with some people that have been um, very supportive of that change. But, yeah, it, it's been something that I've struggled with. I think if I have a point of like sadness about the whole change is that some of those people haven't come along for the ride and, yeah. and don't appreciate the changes as much as I'd hoped. Yeah. Hmm. So what's next? I mean, you hmm. you seem to always be working on a project. Now that you've you're working, you're writing for this thing. What's your next thing? Uh, my so uh, Chris Strand was um, kind of the there were two of us that ran the day to day operations of Liquid Web. Myself and Chris Strand, um, and then Jer Hill, um, but he kind of stayed out of the employee management stuff. So it was really um, Chris and I running running that side of the business. Um, so Chris Strand and I launched a new startup called My Villa, and it is our opportunity to launch a company that allows 
people to own a second home. So think of a house on Lake Charlevoix, but share it with eight other individuals. So kind of like when we were all growing up and we were talking to our buddies like, hey, we should buy this lake house together and, you know, we can share it and offset the expenses. We make that possible for people to make the dream of second home ownership um, more attainable. So instead of you having to pay all the property taxes and maintenance and go up there and take care of the lawn and everything when maybe you're only going to be there for six or eight weeks out of the entire year, we or you don't have to manage it on VRBO and worry about vacancies and all that, telling people the Wi-Fi password a million times a month. (laughs) Um, We handle all that and you just get to go up and enjoy the house when you're there. So that's the newest project that I'm working on is my villa cool so you, you go into this with with people you know or strangers or both uh so it we handle it so you can bring people to it if you want to but it we will handle all of it so you won't even know the other owners you'll just know that we take care of everything so we find the other owners and you're just buying a one-eighth share of an llc that owns the property in that llc yeah. so it's people immediately say well isn't that a timeshare Well, timeshares are usually in perpetuity, so it's really hard to get out of the contracts. They usually have no true ownership of a real estate asset, and usually it's in some sort of resort property. So it's basically a hotel that anybody can go online and book also. So there's not a lot of value uh, in in the long-term hold of it. So this is different in that it's a residential property. It's a unique property. And literally that property is held within an LLC and you own up to 50% of it if you want. Cool. When'd you kick this guy? When'd you kick this off? Uh, about a month ago. There you go. Yeah. Just in time for the season. <laughs> right. Well, this has been fun. I'm, 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 I appreciate the fact that we got a chance to meet a couple weeks, a couple months ago now, but that we got a chance to do this has been good. Yeah, me too. Um, so I got a question for you guys. Oh, that though. doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and this is something you're, I think, not supposed to talk about. But um, I was parking today. Oh yeah. Okay. And we don't validate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's probably. I, I mean, I got here at like eleven forty-five or something. So like prime time for lunch on a Monday in the state capitol. And yeah. there were parking spots everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's Monday. No one comes downtown on Monday. No. How how does this work out in the long run? How how can we have thriving downtown? That's the question, isn't it? You know, it's I had a we all have our places that we go to lunch, but we go I think we I can universally say that we all go to Sultans a good a good bit. And I had a conversation cuz I I've, I've wondered, you know, I don't serve food, but how do you how do you cook? How do you plan for a, a day's meals um, when you have no idea how many people are going to come downtown? And because we've gone in there on a day like today and there'll be no one there and you'll go in there tomorrow when state employees are back here and the line will be out to the, out to the street. Hmm. And I'm like, how does he know how much chicken shawarma he has to have ready on a given day when this is and, you know, I kind of asked him one day when I walked in there and there was no one there <clears throat> and he's like, yeah, we figured it out. You know, we, hmm. we know what days they're here. We know what days they aren't. And we figured it out, which isn't, isn't good for any of them. Um, yeah. No. but yeah, I mean, it's, you, you drive into the parking garage on a Monday and it's completely empty. You drive in on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It's, it's, it's full. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, it it's just, it all it's depends on the day. Flows, and yeah. I think most of the state is in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. And so Mondays okay. and Fridays are, are more deserted than they would be. Otherwise. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. That, that makes sense. But it doesn't make it any easier for, for, you know, uh, Sultan's or the taco place or any place else down yeah. here. So, and I'm sure they wish they were here every they day. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's tough, tough. I mean, when you already had the problem of Kind of when I was in college, it was like they were trying to work on the alive after five, like right. keeping people down here. <laughs> yeah. So you mm-hmm. already had that problem where it was more difficult to get dinner. Right down now, here. that's secondary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, even the Big B closing down here, like that's yeah, it's yeah. it's it's rough. I mean, there are good things happening for sure, um, but there are, there are challenging things still happening. I just came from a weekend in in Bloomington, Indiana, at, at the campus, and obviously Bloomington and. Lansing are both university towns, but very, very different towns. And Bloomington really doesn't have anything but the university. 
Um, but it was a it was a Thursday night in the middle of July, and the place was buzzing. Hmm. And like there were no students there. The campus was empty, but the the town was was buzzing with with everything that was around there. And so it was it was eye opening, and it makes you you really wish for what downtown Lansing could maybe be. But yeah. Yeah. We're well, still hoping. You. Maybe we should do the yeah. opposite. Maybe Lan- we should just do the You're opposite. You're the opposite for well, Lansing. Downtown, we should you know, just do the opposite, That's Lansing. That's a good idea. Come downtown. Yeah. You're never going to come. Just come down. Only on Monday and Friday, though. You're right. Just come on Monday and Friday. <laughs> and after yeah. five. That's right. right. Come barefoot if you want. <laughs> no shoes required. Cool. Well, Travis Stoliker, thank you so much for taking the time to stop by the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for your commitment to Lansing and being down here in the Naps building and yeah, of course. Appreciate it. You bet. Well, uh, good luck to all that you got going on. Thank you. We'll be right back. Excuse me. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that you were looking in my direction. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. You just ordered these same exact lunch as me. <laughs> my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. <laughs> I'm Victoria. Hi. So, Lori, what's your favorite Saddleback? Go to you're going to Saddleback for dinner. You're picking up dinner for the kids. Pulled chicken and, pulled and chicken mac and, and cheese. Mm. Okay, gotta have the mac and cheese. It's so good. It is good. I think I might get some wings tonight. I think I'm gonna get some wings. I've never been to Saddleback. What? I'm sorry. I know. I wasn't gonna say it while he was here. <laughs> I haven't been in years. But I have been. Well, if we ever can do our team lunch, we can go to Saddleback. It's not that far. It's not. It's no, it's I'm, not far at all. It's it's mm-hmm. as far as basement salad. It's just a different direction. No, it's not. It is. It's right across the bridge. Wait, you cannot walk over the bridge, though. Can Why? You? Because uh, it's scary. Yeah. Or because... <laughs> yeah, it's scary. You can it's walk, under construction, also. You can walk over the bridge. Okay, Laura. We can also drive. We could do. <laughs> Let's go. We could do that. We could do that. Yeah, can we have our team meeting at Saddleback? You today? haven't been giving us time to eat lunch lately. I've noticed. I know these podcasts have awkwardly been falling at noon, which is probably why Nikki faked the sickness today and decided not to come into work. <laughs> Mad because, starving because she got so mad at me last time when we did this over lunch. So I apologize. Yeah, I'm gonna just have to be eating nuts until like 3 p.m. <laughs> Out of the snack bin. Well, we can wrap this up quick. Do you want to wrap it up now so you can go get some food? <laughs> I do. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll do the year of the opposite. We'll end it fast and not bore people with more uh, with more chat. So, <laughs> for Carly, for Laura, for Anna, for Stephanie, for Joe, this has been Matt. Travis uh, Stoliker was our guest on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Next time we have a guest, we'll be back. So, we'll talk to you then. <laughs> <laughs>